welcome to Pegging Coffee Talk. Here are your hosts, Lady Alba and Lord Knight. So we are going to talk about the commodification of craft. Something that uh, I have been noticing and that has been driving me absolutely bonkers in our community is um, what I can only call the commodification of craft or witchcraft or even paganism. <sighs> I don't disagree with you. Uh, I go out online. Of course, I'm hunting for subjects mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that that we can talk about. And uh, I'm sorry, there's at least once a week we have one of the mystery boxes. Yeah. Un- Social media is overrun by it. The internet in general, right? It's it's all about buying, acquiring. I mean, look, you and I remember back in the day when anything that a witch had or used on a regular basis, we either made it, it was given to us, mm-hmm. or we grew it. What, don't you remember the looks you used to get when you sat there and said, no, I bought my app. Yes, yes, <laughs> and we were we were considered very modern for having done that. For done that, yeah, because <laughs> uh, of course our elders were like, "What do you mean you didn't get out a forge and beat your own metal to death and you know temper it yourself?" What? Well, no, I remember Lord Men sitting there telling me when they when the uh, uh, little fars first started doing their classes and stuff. Yep. There's a recipe in there on how to make paint. Yeah. Special paint, yeah. which they made, and it took forever for it to dry in all nine yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of in that headspace right now of how did we become spiritual pack rats? Buy, 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 consume. Oh, I need this, and I need this, and my altar needs this, and I have to buy this. And, oh, look, I've got 17 T-shirts that proclaim... You know, my faith and, and my other car's a broomstick and, you know, and, everything. In this, this file box, I have of tarot cards. Yes. Decks and yes. decks and decks and decks, decks, and decks. cards. And, it, I mean, okay, it was one thing, right, to have what we used to call occult stores, right, which right. now have become more metaphysical or spiritual centers in a lot of communities, which, hey, that's great. I still love supporting those businesses, especially when they're locally owned, because they do create a hub for our community. And and they have local products. Yes, yes. But, I mean, when, you know, Willa the Witch is on Instagram and Etsy and... uh, you know, whatever else. Wait a minute, wait, what did you call it? <laughs> Willow the Witch. You know her. Um, you know, when when they're, I mean, it's just everything from, right, the spell boxes and the the potions, the lotions. The, does everything we buy need to be spiritual in nature? Everything, right? Does, does, does our shampoo need to have a mystical component no it really don't right i mean again like i like i said i can understand buying shampoo from a local an herbalist an herbalist making it whatever but it it doesn't have to i i don't need shampoo for cleansing i think it is (laughs) yeah 
I think it, we can agree it is utterly out of control when you can walk into a TJ Maxx or a Marshalls and buy a ready-to-go love spell kit right. off the shelf in a major retailer. Well, I mean, and, and well, no, here's my question. How do you feel about these people where I'll sit there and watch these people? They'll, they'll, they'll show you how to cast a spell. And then right at the end of it, they go, all the ingredients and stuff happens to be this low price at our store. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's there's other things that, that we're noticing, too. So, you know, I'm a big fan of, of heavy metal and hard rock and, and right. always have been. And look, it's it's nothing new for those genres and those bands and musicians to kind of align themselves with the fringe but it's not the fringe anymore, right? And so, I, you know, I remember back in the day, it was a big deal if you had the Anthrax t-shirt that was a pentagram. Yeah. But <laughs> now it's like, again, everyone's doing it. You, um, the band in this moment, who I love, I think they're great. Um, Maria Brink, the lead singer, is most likely pagan of some sort. She's never come out and said what, but that's fine. But when all of their merchandise has you know some big giant pentagram on it and and, and you know I've, I've had friends say to me oh you know i saw this and it made me think of you and i'm like thank you i won't wear that and it opens up the discussion of well why not i thought i thought you were a witch i thought this was your faith well exactly it's my faith not a fashion statement no it's not i don't feel the need to display that 24 hours a day and out in public and and uh you know at, at the coffee shop and at the grocery store and wherever i or, or at that business meeting or at that interview mm -hmm. or but to me it's a again a lot of other people capitalizing on the faith or capitalizing on what the, the statement that they think it makes I don't know about you, but I'm not here for a statement. No, I'm Never not either. Never was. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, well, you got to remember, we were we were brought up and taught that whole entire um, hide in plain sight. It was hide in plain sight, but I also go okay as a as a kid of the '80s and the '90s, right? I was no stranger to the to the goth, right? You know? <laughs> culture and everything that came out of that i mean hell i was definitely a part of it who us do call no, no. <laughs> but i never felt like again i had to explicitly marry it with pagan items symbols things we just wore a lot of black we wore black makeup we did weird things to our hair we wore a lot of safety pins our parents really didn't like it we read a lot of Anne Rice, but other than that. <laughs> well, again, but this was that whole entire, you know, going against the establishment. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And, and I think here's where in the world we might be having a problem mm. is now we have become the establishment. Yeah, which is really weird. It's really strange. You, and you, you have become the man. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because I go out and I see younger people and I see kids especially, you know, and, and I with all of their... Again, I, I say I say pentagrams mainly because that's the thing that always catches my eye. Or their triple moon goddess, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And I go, 
oh my gosh, you're so cute. And I'm like, they're adorable. And I just want to hug them and squeeze them and love them and put them in a little cage. But um, you know, in a good way. But but they're, you know, and they're adorable. But there's, I wonder, I wonder how many of them, again, recognize the faith component that's behind all of that. Could the... Um the marketing of our religion actually be nothing more than yeah. shock content. Yeah. I mean, and let's and let's be honest, it's a hell of a lot of marketing right now. I mean, branding, marketing, it is everywhere. Um and really, you know, there's there's taking again that step back and going, how much do I need or what do I really need to perform this? I would hate for someone, anyone out there to think, oh, I'm a terrible witch because I can't afford to buy this gigantic statue for my altar or because I can't afford to buy, um, you know, all of these different crystals that that everyone says I need. Right. That's awful. It was never about that. Well. We talked not too long ago. We did a podcast on the craft of craft mm. of, of craft. Yeah, that means that we have to be hands on. Hands on. We you have to be creative in the whole nine yards. Yeah. All right. How many people's actually built their own altar? <laughs> not All many. Right? I mean, come on. I mean, when we're talking about this stuff and we're looking at, and me and you are looking at stuff, we have these altars, okay, mm-hmm. that are like two feet high. I think typically, you know, when it comes and to something for like us, that, this is a no-no. This causes you to know. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's it's funny, right? Because, um, so I mean, like what you said, okay, building altars. I think typically that's reserved for groups and mm-hmm. and and covens and and temples and places where you have a large workforce and you can afford to do it. But I still have the same altar that I had when I was 17 years old. <laughs> it is a, it, and it's funny, it's a two foot high <laughs> table. I don't even think it's that tall. I think, right, it's probably like 16 inches off the ground. And it is a small table that I found at a thrift store. I took it home. I sanded it down. I cleaned it up. I painted it myself. And I still have it. Now, do I still use it as an altar? No. It's it's decommissioned for, for, you know, lack of a better way to put it. And was it, you know, the, again, the tiny size and all of that? Sure, because back then I lived in an itty bitty studio apartment. I had nowhere to put anything. And yes, I would get on the floor and I would sit cross legged and I, you know, take up a yoga pose. And that's where I created sacred space at the time. Right. But now. Again, you can you can go on Etsy and buy any manner of thing. Now, don't get me wrong. They're beautiful. Oh, they're gorgeous. And the craftsmanship going into some of these things is exceptional. But I feel like people really think, oh, my God, I need to have that. No, Your religion should not be based around a wish list of purchases. Well, I mean, we would be just happy with an altar made out of cinder blocks and a piece of wood. I've done that, too. And I, I, it's easy as... Yeah. Yeah. And there's no metal. And there's no metal. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I've, I've used just a slab of stone on a piece of wood as, as an altar. I mean, so 
and it's it's not just us, right? Other faiths, I think, experience this as well. I think yes. the Christian faith and Christian faith faith and the Jewish faith have probably seen the most of this in modern society, because as people evolve and as we well economically, right, statuses change, we do better, we make more money, we start to, I don't know, maybe become a little bit uh, elaborate right, in some of our practices and some of our tools. Again, I don't have a problem with any of that. I just have this problem with when you go out onto Amazon and you Mm -hmm. look up and they have the witch starter pack. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, and you're sitting back going, "What?" My my question <laughs> on that is, who is it that determined that that is the witch starter pack, and why? And why? Because what gives you anybody right the right to say, "Oh, this is absolutely what you need to start becoming a practicing witch"? Bullshit. Bullshit. You Bull- need what you say you need. Not what anyone else tells you you need. <laughs> it's um, so it's a little bit mind numbing. And I, you know, and again, that spiritual pack rat idea, like I see some people where it's constant acquisition, new robes, new athems, new, 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 always. And I'm like, you know what? I have Jewish friends who have had the same mezuzah uh-huh. hanging from their door for 27 years. Because once you've bought one, why do you need another one? Well, to me, it's sort of like getting initiated. Once you've done it once, yeah. Why, why do you have to go out and get initiated to fifty other? Exactly. Once and, is enough. And if <laughs> and if it's taken away again, does that make you any less of a witch? You know, I, I, again, we're I, I'm still back to, and I've always argued and always will. That is more of a mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Than it yeah. is. But it can be a counterintuitive mindset when, again, economics, acquisition, marketing, branding is overshadowing the beliefs. Right. That's that's problematic. I mean, look, I'll, I'll kind of wrap up in saying you and I remember the early days of <laughs> Llewellyn Publishing. Yes. And... And maybe even not the early. I think maybe the the, the second decade. I remember. I, I remember you used to having to go to the bookstores to order <laughs> yes. the books because yes. you couldn't order them. No, you couldn't find directly. Them. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I li- I lived in Walden Walden Books as a child, um, which most of you probably don't even know what that is. But places like that, um, yeah, that's where in Llewellyn's early days. There were maybe a half a dozen texts texts at any given time that you could purchase about craft. And a lot of it was people like the Ferrars and it was Silver Ravenwolf and um, Scott Cunningham, Cunningham, right? Those were the early days. Yes, Ray Buckland. But now, holy mother, every Tom, Dick, Witch, and Jackass is out there. Writing book after book after book after book after book, and it's all marketing. And here's the thing. If you're out there and you've read some of these more modern titles and you're kind of going, well, they all say the same thing. You're You're right. right. (laughs) They do. Because it's the same book being repackaged or, again, rebranded. 
and republished. My biggest complaint on all of that mm-hmm. was you bought the uh, Scott Cunningham Solitary Practitioner. <laughs> then you got his advanced book, yes. and then you start reading it. It's the same thing as the first book, but just it reworded is. slightly different. It is, but at least he also gave us things like herbalism and animal True. work. And, and look, I was never a big Scott Cunningham person. To be honest, I kind of poo-pooed Scott Cunningham for a long time because I thought it was too base. Right. But he was doing a service for the community at the time. Some of these modern authors, I mean, sure, they're giving us their perspective. But again, I really look at Llewellyn now as a publishing house and I go, it's just a moneymaker. It's just a money scheme. Yeah. Every, I mean, how many books on the spirituality of stones do we need how many books on reading tarot? How, how many, many? How many books on candle magic? Yes. I mean, I'm sorry. Love I, I, spells and, and meditation. I mean, at some point, guys, we have to kind of cut it off at the head and go, enough's enough. Well, I mean, that's just like, you know, these books that they do the correspondence on. Mm-hmm. You have all these correspondence, but it's great to have the books and the correspondence and all this other stuff. But until you do something with it. Yes. But then what I see a majority of people doing is they'll buy these books, mm-hmm. read them, and then they wind up on a shelf gathering dust. They do. And I mean, look, I'm no stranger to that. I have a massive collection <laughs> of books. But but I think what surprises people is often when they see my library, they see things like they see philosophy and they see mythology and they see um, a lot of psychology. They see people like Carl Jung and mm-hmm. they... And, and they look at that and they go, oh, that's not what I expected. And I go, yeah, because these books are much, much older and dive into specific topics that we can then use to further our faith, as opposed to a modern author just telling us, oh, sprinkle this on this and do this at this time of the moon and do th- and, and this will happen. Maybe for you. Maybe. I mean, but I mean, let's admit it. Out of all the books you mentioned, the most dangerous one that we know of is Young. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and many, many young pagans, no pun intended, don't understand that. Um, by the way, it's spelled J-U-N-G for those ones. It's Young. Yeah. Um, and it, it's true. It's, it's true. true. Um, but that's no longer the focus. The focus is on these very, gosh, again, branded attempts to get people to spend more money by dangling a carrot in front of them that, oh, this is going to teach you some incredible thing you didn't know before. Mm, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. So, um... It's frustrating. It's aggravating. I see the, you know, I see the the youngins with their pub cap size pentacles, and I'm like, oh, really? okay. Well, that's a choice. Um, <laughs> you know, but it's not. I don't think it's a choice I will ever make because to me, it just again, it it continues to perpetuate that whole cycle. Um, yeah, and on I mean, and on. It, it, it's it's more greed. It's more. Um, I, I need to find. From what I've seen, yeah. I need to figure out a way to get more money from you. Yeah, and it's you're right. It's a lot of greed. It really is. It's, it's a lot of greed. Yeah. 
I, I mean, I remember, I mean, you and I have been going to the Carolina Ren Fest for as long as I can remember. True. And um, when we started going a million moons ago, it was Renaissance, sure, and it was always that, you know, fairy folklore mysticism component to things, And but it was mainly what it was. It was Renaissance-based. Right. Now... <laughs> We see a lot of pagan introduction. We see a lot of religious items, symbols, things, and we're like, wait, 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 wait a second. Well, and even make it even worse is this is the stuff, and you see it, it's mass produced. Yes. It's, it's just. And even if it is being made by artisans, people fail to realize those artisans are traveling across the entire country in many cases. Right. And so, in a sense, it is still mass produced. Um, but it, but again, it, it kind of became a, the more pagans came out into the light, the more witches came out and, and said, hey, this is who we are, this is what we are, this is what we believe. Everybody else went, awesome, let's sell you some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> let's market let, 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 How can we make money off that group? <laughs> yeah, yeah, bingo. And boy, oh boy, is it working. I mean, we can all look around and be accused of this. I mean, I I know I can in many instances with whether it be the way I decorate my home or, you know, purchases that I make. I mean, look, I'm going to call you out, right? Yeah. So the other day, I think you went to Lowe's. You got this adorable flag. I mean, it's the <laughs> cutest thing I've ever seen. It's great because, of course, you know, Lord Knight has his bulldog. And it is a bulldog which... Sitting on a broom in front of a moon for, for Halloween. It's the <laughs> cutest thing ever. I adore it. I think it's and of course and they got you. They got they me. got you. They got me. They didn't just get you on one front. They got you on two. two. Right? We got the bulldog <laughs> and the witch. That's amazing. I mean, who they made that for you? Right. And look, there are gonna be instances like that where we have to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I need to buy that because that's just great. But. But you're not looking at that flag going, this is going to be part of next full moon. No. No. no we're close. <laughs> it's just a cute decoration. <laughs> yeah. So just bear that in mind. You know, if, if that is you and you are very entrenched in the lifestyle and the culture from that standpoint, hey, great. And if that's where you choose to spend your money, that's great. But please, let's not forget the faith behind it. This is it. a faith. It yes. is a belief system. It is something we believe in. It is, and, and it's so important. I told you about what happened to me when I went to the, that spiritual market recently. Uh, yeah. This was, this was here in town. This was in Charlotte. Um, I, I went to a, a spiritual market that is, I think, a monthly event, and they, they advertise with all kinds of, you know, the cauldron this or mystical moon that, or, you know, every month has a theme that's very witchy in nature. And when I approached the owner um, or the organizer, I should say, and, and mind you, this is just, a, it's an artisan's market. It's crafters and people that create and do. And it was everything from candles to stones to um, potions, lotions, oils, artwork. I mean, it was it was a pretty wide array of items. 
But I approached the organizer and I said, you know, we're a local group. This is this is who we are. This is what we do. We would love to have a table and answer questions for people and talk craft and talk. And she went, no, she had no desire to actually have the religious aspect represented no none of them do and that blew my mind and i i was staring at this girl who was easily half my age going what because when i was her age i would have killed for that opportunity for somebody to say hey we want to come talk or educate or have a discussion or I would have thought that was amazing. I mean, nope. don't get don't get me wrong. I'm still surprised, Lord. Men never put a you know uh, a distance thing mm, yeah. <laughs> between me and him yeah. when I first met him because I was all over him, going, "No, teach me, teach, teach me. me, teach me, yeah, teach show me. me, show me." You know, yeah, absolutely. But but now, no, it's it's almost like the religion itself is the bad guy, right? And and nobody wants the structured component, the the education piece. It's it, it's like yeah. nobody wants the ritual anymore. Mm-hmm. They only want spells and to mm-hmm. manipulate their lives and those around them. Yeah. To me, it's a it's more of a power thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and just like you know, most pagans I know, we believe just like they do that those who seek power never get it. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Especially real power. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm out of coffee. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another episode. Pagan Coffee Talk is brought to you by Life Temple and Seminary. Please visit us at lifetempleseminary.org for more information, as well as links to our social media. Facebook, Discord, Twitter, YouTube, and Reddit. We travel down this trodden path, the maze of stone and mire. Just hold my hand as we pass by a sea of blazing pyres. And so it is the end of our days, so walk with me till morning breaks. And so it is the end of our days, so walk with me till morning.